I'm so glad that you're here worshiping you today with us. Uh, Pastor Jimmy, him, and Karen, they're on an anniversary trip. They've been married for 25 years and just want to um, you know, encourage you to pray for them. Pray for Karen. She's been married to Jimmy for 25 years. Yeah, so it's a, but it's a great opportunity you know, to speak. And so I enjoy you know, getting to uh, speak with you today, and I'm excited. And so we're talking about you know, remembering. You know, it's a great opportunity for us. You know, we just remembered you know, the sacrifices that was paid, uh, that was made for this great country. And, and so we're going to talk about um, making choices. And making choices through remembering, you know, remembering, you know, our past so we can head into a future. And, and, you know, all of life is about choices, isn't it? You know, you made the choice to get up this morning, to come here. You made the choice, to, you know, what to wear. And so we all are made up of choices. You know, Billy Graham, he mentioned that the, strange, the strongest principle of life and blessings lie in our choice. And so in Psalm 119.105, it says that God's word is a light to our path. And so the Lord has awesome things, you know, for our life. And his word is a light for our path that we can follow. But we have to look sometimes at his word to help us in making right choices, right decisions. Because the Bible says in Psalm 139, All the days planned for me were written in your book. Before I was one day old. And so God knows everything that's going to happen in our lives. He knows the, the decisions and the choices that are ahead of us. And he knows, you know, what, what's going to take place. But, you know, in our lives, because of the choices that we make, we choose our destiny. It also says in the Bible in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so that we could do good things he planned for us long ago. And so in this life and what we do today and, and the decisions that we make, even the decisions from our past, our decisions today will help prepare us for tomorrow, but also the decisions will prepare us for our future, our future eternity. And so the things that we do today and tomorrow and next week and next year is a preparation for this next life. For those who are in Christ, the decisions that we make will affect our eternity. But I think, you know, probably one of the biggest problems that we have in America today and the history that we have in this country is that we have too many choices. You know, too many things to choose from. Too many things, you know, that distract us from, you know, from, you know, from, from the truth or distract us from doing the right thing or distract us from, you know, from making the wise choice. And so we have the ability to choose wisely or to choose unwisely. And so each day we're confronted with these decisions. We're confronted with temptations. We're confronted with uh, priority checks, you know, in our life. And so, you know, our decisions are, are, are minor decisions sometimes as, as, as what to wear or, you know, what time to get up or, or the route that you're going to drive or who you're going to call, you know, and not necessarily ghostbusters that you're going to call. But other people, who you're going to call and the other things that you're going to do. But then we have important decisions, you know, such as whether or not do we go into debt and financing a new car? Or do we upsize our house? Or do we downsize our house? Do we want a baby? Uh, you know, or do we not want a kid? Or, or how many kids do we want? And so we all have choices like that that we make in our lives. 
And God has allowed us, one of the greatest privileges that we could have in our life is to choose. That is a gift from God because he doesn't create us as, as robots and just living through this life. And so we could choose to love God and we could choose not to love God. We could choose to do this and we could choose to do that. But sometimes, like what Pastor Jimmy spoke on last week, you know, there are too many people who don't make decisions. That you're indecisive and you're just stuck. And so you live life on the fence. And he challenged us last week to decide. And then we have those, the choices that we make, you know, the choices that we make all lead us up to who we are. And sometimes people don't own up to the decisions and the choices that they make. And they blame their life on everything else but on themselves. They blame the government. They'll blame their friends. They'll blame their families. You know, they'll, they'll blame this and they'll blame that. But they don't take responsibility for the life that they have at that moment. And so we see in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, where Joshua is leading a group of people. And he is challenging people to make a decision. And so at times in their life, you know, the group of Israel, they were at the decision point of their life where they had to make a decision. Because everything was going back and forth in their life. And so Joshua was challenging the people. And so we see this in Joshua chapter 24. It's, the, uh, it's in the Old Testament. And Joshua is one of my favorite people in the Old Testament. Because Joshua, he, he, he served under Moses and he was appointed by God to be the next leader. You know, Joshua was part of the 12 spies that went to go spy on Canaan and, and came back and only Joshua and another guy named Caleb, they said, yes, God could give us this land while the 10 others said, no, he could not. And so Joshua was with Moses as they traveled through the desert and Joshua was on the mountain when God delivered to Moses the Ten Commandments. And so God pointed Joshua to be the leader after Moses. And so now in Joshua 24, we're at the end of Joshua's life. And so Joshua now is addressing the people of Israel. He is challenging them. This is Joshua's last call. This is his last will. This is his last testament. And so now he is pushing on the people. And he says in Joshua 24, verses 14 through 16. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods, throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day who you'll serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so this last verse, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You could go to, to Concord Mills and see a little kiosk, and they're selling the little placket, this little plaque that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is it. This is where this, this verse comes from. And so you'll see people put it on their walls. You can see it on their door. You knock on the door, as for me and my house. You know, we will serve the Lord. And so what Joshua was doing here, he was challenging the people. Because for the past 40 years, as he sat under Moses, and then over the past couple years, as his leadership of, of the Israelites, he was seeing this nation who would serve the one true God, but then they'll get, they get comfortable in who they are, and they go over here, and, and, and they serve a God made of stone. And then something bad will happen. Like, oh, God, oh, no, God, we love you, we love you, we love you. And then they get lazy, and they go serve this other God of wood. 
And then at some point, they go, oh, no, God, oh, God we, we love you, we love you. And so what was going on, that they were making you know, these, these, these images and serving them. And so in this statement, we've seen people who have these things in their home. And so Joshua was challenging them. They said, listen, you know, if serving the Lord seems desirable to you, then choose. You don't have it as just decoration in your house that you're going to serve the Lord. Make it proclamation for your life. Quit serving God with your lips and denying him with your actions, but serve the Lord. Make up your minds. Quit going from these stone gods and these wooden gods and serve the one true God. And the people, they decided, to, oh, yeah, yeah, we will serve the Lord and we'll see their response. In verse 16. Then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord and serve other gods. It was the God, it was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out of Egypt and from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among the nations to which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. And so what Joshua does, he just doesn't accept their response. He doesn't accept their response at face value because he knows. He knows what they have done. And so he pushes them. He said, but you don't understand. Our God, he is a jealous God. Not in a jealous God as he gets upset and that he throws fits and, and he, he pouts. Not jealous like that. But he is a jealous God because he knows these gods of stone and wood can't do for you what I can do. And so his jealousy comes out of compassion and out of a love and out of a desire to have a relationship with you because only he can work and move in your lives. And that's where that jealousy is. And so Joshua is reminding the people that God is a jealous God because of his desire to be in relationship with them. And then the people respond back in verse 24. And then the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. And on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed them for their decrees and their laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of law. Then he took a large stone and set it up under an oak tree near the holy place of the Lord. And see, he said to the people, this stone will be a witness against us. You have heard all the words the Lord has said to us. And it will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. And so this is how the children of Israel made their decision. And so Joshua said that every time that you will look at this rock, every time this rock that we're sitting right here is going to remind you of the decision that you're making today. So every time you want to go back to these other gods, look at this rock and remember the decision that you're making today. But that rock was also to make them accountable for their decision that they're making today. And so Joshua was pressing the people hard. And in order for them to get to the point of making that decision, what we see starting in verse 2 of Joshua chapter 24, Joshua begins to remind the people of the decision that they're making. 
And so everything he is saying, everything that he is doing, is leading them up to make that decision. And so the challenge that I have for you today is that sometimes, you know, in our lives, you know, we got to make decisions, right? You know, good or bad or whatever, hard or easy, we've got to make decisions. And so there will be times in our lives that the decisions that we make can affect everything or affect very little. And so I want to challenge you. I want, to, I want you to take some notes on things, three things that we can remember to help us in making decisions. Number one, remember God's deliverance. Remember God's deliverance. Because that's how it started with Joshua on, on encouraging the people. When he started out, you know, talking to the people as he gathered there, he was telling them what God had done. In Joshua 24, 5, 5 it says, Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with their chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they, carried to, they cried to the Lord for help, and they put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them, and you saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. And so what I'm talking about with deliverance, you know, I'm not talking about banjo music and going canoeing through rural Georgia, like the movie. I mean, every time I hear the word deliverance, I think of that movie. But the deliverance I'm talking about was your life before you became a Christian. What was your life like before you became a Christian? And how different you are now? Because every one of us in here have different stories. Your story is different than mine, and my story is different than you. But the one thing that we have in common is that we made a decision to follow Christ. And so sometimes in moving forward, you know, we've got to remember our past. We've got to remember what God has done for our lives. We've got to remember the deliverance. You know, the, the, uh, the writer of Hebrews chapter 11, we think that it was Paul. We're not 100% sure. But in Hebrews 11, Paul is, is recounting these great men of, of faith, these great women of faith, and it's called the Hall of Faith, the Hall of Fame. And so Paul is in, uh, recounting this. And so we see that he's talking about Moses right here, the, the, the leader that Joshua followed. Hebrews eleven twenty five. he said, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. And by faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He preserved because he saw who was him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. So do you remember? Do you remember that you were slaves in Egypt? 
Do you remember how the Egyptians, how Pharaoh tried to kill your children? Do you remember how I delivered you from the Egyptians and, and you, were cross, you were crossing the, the desert? Do you remember how I destroyed the Egyptians you know, in the Red Sea and you crossed on dry ground? Do you remember how I fed you and you didn't have to go out and get your food? Do you remember how I gave you Jericho? Do you remember how I caused a son to stand still and you could finish your battle to defeat the enemy? Do you remember how I gave you this land and you didn't have to fight? Do you remember? Do you remember what your life like was like before Christ? How you had no hope and how you were lonely and how there was despair in your life? Do you remember how you were addicted to drugs, to alcohol, to pornography? How you worshipped everything from your job to sports and your marriage was in shambles? Do you remember... Do you remember your loneliness, your sickness, no joy, no hope? Do you remember? And so Joshua was laying all this out before the people, reminding them of God's deliverance before they made their decision. Do you remember? And so when you're at work and you're tempted to cut corners, when, when you're trying to eat healthy, even in my life, I'm trying to eat healthy, and I want to go to Golden Corral. I've got to remember, in life choices, when you're tempted to compromise your marriage, do you remember... Remember God's deliverance in your life. The next thing that I believe that Joshua challenged your people was, remember God's blessings. Remember God's blessings. In uh, verse 2, Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Naor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led them throughout Canaan and gave them many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and I assigned the hill country of Sair to Esau. But Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. And so God, Joshua was reminding the people of God's blessings, that the blessings that was given to their father, their forefather, their leader, Abraham, to be a great nation was being passed on down to them. And then we see this blessing ringing out many times throughout the Old Testament. We see in the book of Leviticus, chapter 26, I shall also grant peace in the land, so that you may lie down with no one making you tremble. I shall also eliminate harmful beasts, for me that would be snakes, from the land. And no sword will pass through your land. But you will chase your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. And your enemies will fall before you by the sword. Then we see the reminder of the blessing again in Deuteronomy. However, there will be no poor among you, since the Lord will surely bless you in the land, in which the Lord your God has given you an inheritance to possess. And then in Exodus, but you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, 
And I'll remember sickness, and I'll remove sickness from your midst. There shall be no one miscarrying and no bearing in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. So do you remember the blessings of God? Do you remember how He gave you this land, how He made your path straight, on how He fought your enemies? Do you remember how He will increase your numbers? Do you remember the blessings of this land that you've got? Do you remember in your life the blessings on how He blessed you financially? Do you remember how when your car broke down and somehow you were able to, to get it fixed? Do you remember that job or that promotion that you got? Do you remember? Honestly, this is one of the things I struggle with, is remembering God's blessings. You know, because in our life, Courtney and I, you know, there are things that we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to, you know, work hard to get out of debt. And, you know, and we, you know, what we do is we, we trust the Lord in our tithe and we try to give generously and we're trying to do, you know, these right things. And all of a sudden, the air conditioner in the house goes out. And it's frustrating, like another expense. I'm like, God, what is going on here? We just can't seem to get ahead. And so it's frustrating in our lives. And I'll get down, I'll get aggravated, and then I'll have to step back. Okay, God, you have blessed me. You have blessed me with an awesome wife. You have blessed me with two beautiful children. You have blessed me with a home, although the AC doesn't work. You have blessed me with, with transportation. You have blessed me with a great job. I'm blessed. And so I have to remember these things before I don't make bad decisions. It's not easy. Because when, when you're in those moments of frustrations and aggravations, it's easy to make bad choices. But we have to remember God's blessings. In the church that I grew up here, my mom and dad's church, you know, they, they sang this song. And it's called Count Your Many Blessings. You know, when upon life's billow you are tempted and tossed, when you're discouraged and thinking it all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you to see what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God has done. I'm not going to sing it because I'm not Adam. There's a reason why I preach and don't sing. And so you have to think through that. You have to count your blessings. And then once you start counting your blessings, you'll see how God has moved and worked and done great things in your life. And then as you start seeing those blessings, and you know, in those moments, just don't see them as hard. They're still hard. But you begin to see how God has moved and then how He has moved in your life from the past and how He's delivered you from the past and how He has blessed you from the past. He will do those things again in the future. And I believe the, the last rock or the last stone that we need to remember is we need to remember our decision or remember your decision. In verse 24 and the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. And on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed their decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it upon the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, 
he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words that the, the Lord has said to us. And it will be a witness against you if you are untrue. You know, it seems like the very moment that you become a Christian, the enemy or the devil does everything he can to work against you. To make you to forget about that decision. You leave here, you get in the car, and the kids just start fussing. And you just get, you, things come out of your mouth, and you do that screaming whisper. Yeah, you, 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 you. <laughs> or you're getting, you, you, you've been sitting in church, listening to Pastor Jimmy preach for two hours, and you're like, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. But you, you get hangry. And the line out the door to the restaurant is long. And so you just have these things just testing you. And you're just forgetting about your, your, your decision to follow Christ. You know, when the races are in town, I enjoy being at the races. I just, I love it. I enjoy the atmosphere. I enjoy the event. You know, I just have a great time. And so I get opportunity to work for, for the Speedway Club where I shuttle people. And I'll take them from the, the Speedway Club on a golf cart, not a bus, on a golf cart, to the infield. And we're in the infield. You know, I love the Coca-Cola 600. I like the race, but man, I love the event before the race because of what they remember. The celebration, not necessarily a celebration, but a remembrance of our men and women who serve and of those who have fallen. And once you get in the track, the track is busy. You, you, you miss that if you're not there in person. But man, the track is just busy with people going here and there, running around and doing this and that. But the moment that they sing, let's all stand for the singing of our national anthem, man, everything stops. Now, I'll stop the golf cart and everybody on the golf cart They'll get out and they'll stand and we'll all stand. Everything stops. And it's a great moving moment as it's a tribute you know, to, to those who have fallen and given up their lives for our great country. It is so moving. But if they do that to remember Memorial Day, how much more meaningful should we do that in our lives with Christ? Of that decision that we made to follow Christ. Because sometimes I forget it. And I'll let my attitude or my actions get out of hand. Or I'll say things that I shouldn't and, and then my life won't point to Christ. We need to remember the commitment the decision to, that we made to follow Christ. In the book of Luke, chapter 22, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He says, For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit or of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, this is poured out for you, is a new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. This is communion that Jesus is talking about. 
And every time that we take communion, if you decided to follow Christ, it's a reminder of the sacrifice that was paid for us, but also as a reminder of the commitment that we're making to him. And that we're part of his body, part of his kingdom. And this past Wednesday night, you know, we baptized 13 people who had made a decision to follow Christ. And they were showing that commitment through baptism. In Colossians, Paul writes to the people. He said, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith and the working of God, who raised him from the dead. That is to serve as a reminder of our commitment to Christ. The people that were baptized Wednesday night, when they went down, the old person went under and the new person came out. That's a reminder to them. And everyone that was there at that moment, that serves as a reminder of your commitment to follow Christ. There'll be times that we'll get distracted in life. There'll be times that life will throw us curveballs. There'll be times in life where we'll just get frustrated. And instead of giving up or quitting or stopping or whatever it is, I just want to encourage you to remember. Remember on how God has delivered you from your past. Remember how God has blessed you And remember the decision that you made to follow Christ. And by looking back, looking at the rock to serve as a reminder, that will help you to move forward in your commitment and your life with Christ. It doesn't mean that's always going to be easy because it won't. The air conditioner will still break. The car will break down. You'll still be tempted to eat at Golden Corral. But you have to remember your decision. You have to remember God, His blessings. You have to remember His deliverance. Let's stand. God, you're an incredible God who loves us and desires to be in a relationship with us. And I pray in this life that as we struggle with making the right decision and doing the right things, that we'll remember that you're there with us. And that we'll be able to look back in the past to see how you helped us with an addiction on how you restored a relationship, on how you have healed us. They'll remember how how you've blessed us. When things came together unexpectedly, we, we just don't know how it happened, but it did. I pray that we'll remember our decision to follow you when we're tempted to do something that won't point to you. Help us to remember that our lives always point to you that we could bring other people with us you know, into heaven with the decisions that we make and the life that we live. And it's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. 
Amen and amen.